Hello, my name is Sam, and I am a rising senior at Suncoast Polytechnical High School. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and soon went. Then he came to the second and likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did afterward, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Thanks, Sam, for reading the scripture. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to present your word today. I pray that everything I say will be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Our text today is often called the parable of the two sons. I think parents with teens will relate to it. It's about obedience, but the father trying to get his kids to do chores. One kid is rude about it, and the other doesn't do anything. Obedience is defined as com compliance with the command, a known law or rule. Theologically, it means hearing the word of God and acting on it. It implies aligning our will to God's will and doing what God has asked us to do. It's not about lip service, but about action. It's about obeying God's commandments. There is a story about this teenager who had just gotten his driver's license. He asked his dad if he could borrow the car. His dad said, son, I'll make a deal with you. If you bring your grades up, read your Bible every day, and cut your hair, <laughs> you can borrow the car. A month later, the teen came back and asked about the car. And his dad said, well, son, you brought your grades up. And you've been reading your Bible, but you still haven't cut your hair. The son said, Dad, I've been thinking about it. Moses had long hair. Samson had long hair. Even Jesus had long hair. The father said, yeah, son. And they walked everywhere they went. Then
this is an example of partial obedience, which is basically the same as disobedience. Now, here is an example of full obedience. A little boy was riding his tricycle fiercely around the block over and over again. Finally, a policeman stopped and asked him why he was going around and around the block. The boy said, I'm running away from home. The policeman asked why he kept going around and around the block. The boy responded, because my mom said I'm not allowed to cross the street. <laughs> now, this is what you call full obedience. Thomas Akempis, a 15th century priest, once said, instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from grace. And C.S. Lewis said that obedience is the road to freedom. Our scripture is important because it gives us a very clear understanding of what God wants from us. Jesus said in Matthew 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And our scripture, the father went to the first son and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. The word translated at first can also mean older as in the oldest son. The son answered, I will not. Well, the son's response is rude and disrespectful. Can you imagine telling your parents, I will not? Oh, I don't want to tell you what my parents would have said to me or what they would have done. I will not. The son's response is rude and disrespectful. In this culture, this would be seen as rebellious and unacceptable. And it's even considered rebellious and unacceptable today. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. Although he said no, he did what he was asked to do. The father went to the other son and said the same. And the son answered, I go, sir. This is a very respectful answer. In contrast to the first son's words to the father. But he did not go. He said yes, but he was full of hot air. And let me break this down for you. From this parable, we see that the father represents God. The first son represents the tax collector and harlots. Jesus said they will get into the kingdom of God before the religious leaders. They said no to God initially. But when they heard the message of the kingdom from John the Baptist, they changed their mind and began to do God's will. The second son represents the religious leaders. Even though they said yes to God, yes, we would do this, yes, we would do that, they heard the word and professed to approve the preaching of the word. They never confessed their sins or trusted Jesus. They did not believe that John was from God and rejected him. Even after they saw others respond, they did not believe. And most likely, the vineyard represents Israel, the people of God. The point of the parable is clear. 
Those who refuse God but later repent and obey, like the first son, will enter the kingdom. And they will go in before those who say yes, but by their actions don't obey, like the second son. So, what do we learn from this? First, one, we learn what God wants from us. We learn what God wants from us. God wants us to believe and respond to the message of the kingdom. And how do we respond? We ought to respond by worshiping the one and only God, avoiding temptations, showing love to others, trusting in God, and doing what is good and right according to the Bible. To say it another way, God is looking for a change within that leads to obedience so that we come to do our Heavenly Father's will instead of ours or anyone else's. Number two, don't be like the second son. As Christians, we have said yes to God, and so we are reminded in this parable that we need to come through on our commitments. We need to make sure that we are working in the vineyard doing God's will, using our gifts and doing all that God tells us to do. We must come through on our commitments to God. Do we always get it right the first time? No. But we are given another chance to do better. The gospel is great news, number three, for those who have said no to God initially. It's great news for those who have said no to God initially. So if you have made terrible and shameful choices, it isn't too late. If you haven't done God's will so far, Jesus teaches that you can change your mind. Isn't that good news? You can change your mind. You can have a change within so that you believe the message and start to obey your heavenly father. It isn't too late. There is a story of an aviation cadet on a practice flight, temporarily stricken blind, who in panic radioed his flight to his control officer. The officer radioed back, follow my instructions implicitly. After keeping the blind cadet circling the field until the whole field was cleared and an ambulance had arrived, the control officer radioed, now lose attitude, altitude, lose altitude. Now, bank sharply. You're coming into the field now. The cadet brought his plane to a perfect landing and was saved, all because he had followed instructions. Later, his sight returned. Obedience. Obedience saved this cadet's life. And this is all the Lord is asking for us. This is all he's asking. Implicit obedience. The bottom line for believers is this. Don't insist on doing things your way. 
Think about how rewarding a life you will have when you do things God's way. Let me repeat. Think about how rewarding a life you will have when you do things God's way. Let us pray. Eternal God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather today. Thank you for your word. Give us the wisdom to be obedient to your word. Help us walk with confidence and lead us with your truth as we move forward. Praise you and live our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are at that time in our service where we get to be paying attention to the different ways we can be supporting our ministries here at Church of the Palms and our mission to love God and love neighbor. Those ways are on the screen, and there are also baskets in the back. I would like to invite up our two mic runners this morning as they come up. Uh, we get to enter in, in this time where we get to celebrate together joyfully all the things that God is doing in our lives and give thanks and praise, and we also get to, get to lift up those things that are heavy on our heart this morning as well. Um, I believe we have our responses on the screen. And if you guys would please introduce yourselves, your name, grade, where you go to school. Hi, I'm Anita. I'm a retiring senior from Ben Lippin High School in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Murphy. I'm being homeschooled by my wife. <laughs> and poorly at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these lovely young adults will bring you a mic. Oh, not sure where our feedback's coming from. These lovely young adults will bring you a mic as we get to uh, celebrate together and also pray together.